Hello, product innovators. Today, we learn from the founder of an online crowdfunding platform that has financed hundreds of startups on best practices to raise money via equity crowdfunding for your hardware startup. You're listening to the Product Startup Podcast, the show that helps bring your product idea to life by chatting with successful inventors, product developers, manufacturers, and hardware industry professionals. Our goal here is to get to the bottom of what makes a product successful, from initial idea to getting your product on store shelves. We're taking you step-by-step to build a functional product and scale your product business. Hosted by Kevin Mako, one of North America's leading experts on hardware development for small product businesses. Now, onto the show. Welcome back, everyone. Today, I'm very excited to welcome back Peter Paul von Hooken to the show. Peter Paul is the founder of FrontFunder, one of North America's top platforms for equity crowdfunding for startups and small scaling businesses. He is a TEDx speaker on investment crowdfunding, is a member of the Securities Commission, is an advisor to both the Private Capital Markets Association and the National Crowdfunding and Fintech Association. Simply put, Peter Paul is the person to talk to when it comes to crowdfunding capital for a hardware startup. Today, he's going to share some valuable knowledge on how inventor startups and small manufacturers can use crowdfunding equity platforms to raise capital to grow a hardware product business. Now, on to the show. Peter Paul, welcome back to the show. Hi, Kevin. Thanks for having me again. Well, great to have you back on. A lot has happened in the past year, especially with your company, FrontFunder. You guys have funded dozens and dozens of companies and many of our clients as well. So it's pretty exciting to see that happening uh, since we last spoke on the air here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, lots of uh, has happened. Lots of exciting developments in the investment crowdfunding industry. So yeah, we're very encouraged and excited about it. Very exciting. Now, just for those who didn't hear the first show, can you just give a quick background of how you got to building the successful business that you have today? So my, uh, my previous life was in, in banking and finance, and I moved on really in sort of the entrepreneurial space and started working with startups and scale-up companies to help them get ready and raise capital and all that, and, and experience how challenging it is for these companies to, to raise capital, but also how they're using really the traditional sort of archaic ways to to reach out to investors. And that combined with what I also, at that time, this was around 2014, 2015, what I saw happening in other geographies like the UK is to actually leverage technology and bring it online. And so that's really where I jumped in the opportunity to develop FrontFunder as essentially an online platform connecting these capital raisers with the wider investor community. And the emphasis on wider, really. So I'm talking about essentially the public. So we enable startups to raise capital from essentially anyone, really, starting as little as $250 per investment up to obviously, you know, however big they want. But it's about, FrontFront is really about providing companies better access to capital or an entire new pool of capital from the public. And of course, for enabling the public to access these companies. So in that respect, we're kind of democratizing investing in, in startups. Well, it's a phenomenal service because anybody who's interested in an emerging hardware startup now has the ability to take part in the equity, which was generally reserved for angel investors or venture capital funds or so on. It's amazing That's right. that now anybody, if they're interested in that, offering can get on board for a very small amount of money. So it's an yeah. incredible platform. And you know, I've seen it firsthand. I think of one of our clients on your platform, Chai Easy, who raised, I think, close to $300,000 on the platform to build yeah. and scale their product. Very cool product. And they needed money to grow, as many hardware startups do. So your platform allowed all kinds of people, I think you had close to 100 different investors that 
put in various amounts of money to allow these folks to get that raise, which is really incredible. So first and foremost, I want to help people understand the difference between crowdfunding on a platform like Kickstarter and Indiegogo versus crowdfunding for their business on a platform like yours, Front Funder or Start Engine. Can you just describe the difference there so that uh, there's no confusion? Great. Yeah, absolutely. Let's create clarity there because there are indeed, uh, other than they have both had the word sort of crowdfunding in it, but you know, equity crowdfunding or investment crowdfunding is, is fundamentally different from traditional non-financial crowdfunding, like you mentioned, platforms like Kickstarter and Indiegogo, in that through those platforms, you're basically backing an idea and you're essentially making a donation or you're pre-purchasing a, a product or you donating, you get a certain uh, perk, but you don't have any other interest in that company versus investment crowdfunding is really you making an investment. So if you invest $500 in a company through FundFunder, you essentially become a co-owner in that company. So you have upside. So if the company does well, your $500 may will grow into a significant multiple over time. So you're really not just backing the company because you believe they got something you'd like to see them succeed, but you're also sharing in that potential upside because you, you're investing in a company, you're becoming a co-owner in that company. I appreciate the differentiation because that's really key for people to understand that on Kickstarter and Indiegogo, you're buying a product in advance. Whereas on FrontFunder, you're investing in the company and that's, that's a right. key difference. And it's really important to understand because as you're building a hardware startup and as you're building one of these companies that, uh, you know, whether you're at the idea phase, you've got an invention idea and you're looking or planning ahead for how to finance the scaling and growth of it, or whether you've got an existing hardware startup and you're looking to expand from the perspective of you, the inventor, the ideator, you've got to look at these platforms and understand the differences that they can do. A lot of the time you can actually do them together. Uh, I yeah. believe Chai Easy did do a round on crowdfunding. And then did an equity round after with you. So yes, absolutely, Kevin. And and so we have more companies that indeed raised through rewards-based or no donation-based platforms previously, and then came came to us. And actually, where there is another uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, similarity uh, or a similar purpose of, of 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 both forms of crowdfunding is actually that you know companies that raise on front funder from investors they indeed become a an, an investor, an, an co-owner in the company, but they also, of course, become a supporter of the company. So companies that raise on FrontFunder are essentially combining a funding effort with a marketing effort as well. So uh, we have had companies raised on FrontFunder from you know hundreds of investors, even some some top thousand investors. So they raised capital from those thousand investors, but they also got a thousand brand ambassadors uh, that want to purchase their product or perhaps already have. Uh, and of course, will likely tell their friends and family, say, hey, this is cool. You should look at that. And rightly so, because of course, they literally have a vested interest because they became a co-owner in the, in the company. That's really powerful. I don't think a lot of people think about that when they're doing equity crowdfunding, that extra benefit of building. And we talk about a lot on the show, building communities. That's this right, is a, a great way to expand your existing community to bring a whole bunch of new individuals along that become brand champions. And what a powerful way to do it than people who are financially vested in your company and, of course, have a personal vested interest in your company succeeding. That's right. Yeah. Peter Paul, let's talk in more detail about what it takes to succeed when doing or planning for an equity crowdfunding raise. 
especially as a hardware startup? Yeah, so a couple of things here. And uh, the first thing to recognize really when you're thinking about raising capital on uh, through investment uh, crowdfunding is you're not outsourcing your funding. So you're not launching uh, your raise on, on FrontFunder and you know we give you the, in, the capital raiser call when the money is in. Like It doesn't work like that. It's really uh, from, from preparation to execution to closing, it's hard work for the capital raise themselves, for the entrepreneur themselves. So you, so you need to basically recognize and have the, let's say, the bandwidth to, to support your raise and to get out your key messages and to really invest in the campaign. And the more you recognize the value of creating that and leverage uh, you know, an existing community and tapping new communities, the more obviously that has a value add for the, for for capital raises on FrontFunder. Now, the second thing is for any company really, uh, but particularly for hardware companies, it's important that you have something to show and tell really. So, if you have a a, a product, if you have a prototype, ideally you already have done sales, so you have proof of concept that you have traction. That typically is it's easier to convey your message to your prospective in investors say, hey, look, this is our product. We're already done X amount of sales. And, and so you can make it really concrete and it's easier for them to get excited about it and to understand what you're doing. Thirdly, I would say is, is really what we're doing with, with FrontFunders, providing entrepreneurs a stage really to go literally go public. And so what we do is to help craft the key messages and to amplify those messages throughout the campaign and to really reach as many people as possible that may be interested to invest. I really appreciate you breaking it down into those three pieces. Equity financing requires work, especially in a crowdfunding avenue, really in any avenue. Raising money requires work, no matter what way you do it. And crowdfunding equity should be thought of as no different. Two, specifically to hardware companies, you need something to show. Pre-sales, if you have a phenomenal, do you have pre-orders? Maybe, but ideally getting even further down the line where you at least show some sales. And then third, reaching as many people as possible through a platform to amplify that go public community, as we talked about earlier. Those three elements are very important as you build out your campaign. Even in the planning stages, you should be thinking about those three and thinking about how are you going to execute well on each of those three pillars. So for today's show, let's break down those three. Let's start with building the product itself and getting some sales. What I've seen in the past is that it doesn't necessarily mean you have to have a globally recognized product. The key is just to show that some users somewhere have actually pulled out their credit card to buy a unit and then ideally down the line said they love the, the unit, some reviews. And it doesn't have to be a lot. I think that's one of the big misconceptions when we talk about proving that you have sales. People look at it and say, well, not that profitable yet. We're not profitable at all. That is not the key when it comes to hardware, at least as you're raising funding to build or scale a startup. The key is just to show some sales and even more important, great reviews. Absolutely. The investors understand that you're raising to take it actually your company and your product to the next next level of commercialization and further development, right? That's why they're investing. But for them to understand your product and get excited about it, if you can show it, if they can see like, okay, you've already booked some successes, uh, you got some traction, that obviously gives them confidence. Like, okay, hey, there's there's there looks like there's really something here. I want to support this company and then jump on board. So yeah, you definitely don't need to show global sales yet, etc. It's really just really to to make it tangible and and in easier to to get investors excited about it. and in fact you know you can be quite creative there and we've seen that with a significant number of uh, companies on our platform that you can also combine the investment opportunity with the actual 
product, right? So you can sort of attach perks to an investment. So you could say, hey, if you invest uh, $500, you get a, a box of these drinks delivered. And if you invest a thousand, you get uh, something more. You can, you can be quite creative with offering your investor the opportunity to actually experience the product uh, as well. But I guess that comes to your other point that crowdfunding for equity funding requires work. So let's jump into that one a bit too, because again, that's one of the big misconceptions that, and it's the same with Kickstarter and Indiegogo. We see that with clients all the time. They assume that because they've now launched on the platform, all of a sudden, all this money is going to roll in, but it is just a platform. Now, a very powerful platform, whether it's crowdfunding actual physical products or crowdfunding for equity, the platform is incredibly powerful, but you need to enable that and you need to do the work to actually make that be as prosperous as it can for you. So why don't you break down the work element and what some of the key elements of like planning and execution that you've seen that leads to the best results in terms of a campaign financial performance? Sure. Yeah. So first of all, obviously it starts with preparation. Sometimes the companies come to us and say, okay, now I want to raise uh, X amount of money and you know, I want to raise ASAP. Can we, can we launch next week, two weeks, uh, you know, and and you don't want to do that, really, unless you really are ready to do so and you got your whole, you know, your act together. So we we always recommend, like, take time to prepare your campaign because, you know, it's just it literally if you raise on, on FrontFunder compared to going on stage and you're doing your performance. Now, unless you want to do a com- complete, you know, uh, improvising uh, show and you're very, very good at it, but it's not going to work when you raise capital. You need to basically prepare and craft your story. You need to prepare your campaign as well. You need to think through, like, okay, throughout the campaign, what are the key messages that I uh, want to convey? What are the themes around my company and my products and services that I want to highlight? So you so you want to prepare that. And we as FrontFunder work with issuers to with capital raises to prepare that. So we have a, a designated campaign management team that helps you in that phase to 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 get the key messages route, messages ready to help with preparing, you know, a video that's often used by companies uh, and other investment materials, etc. So so that's one. So it's about preparing really the, the campaign properly. Do you find the video is a big part of the equation these days as it is with Kickstarter and product crowdfunding campaigns? Definitely. Definitely. It is, uh, you know, if you look at the, you, 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 the video is obviously in campaigns has, has by far the, the highest engagement and people watch the video. In fact, some some investors are basically sold only on the video. I'm not saying that's necessarily a good thing. I think you should you should read more and go through the investment opportunities and properly inform yourself as an investor. But the, yeah, the video is, is, of course, an easy way also, but to really meet the company and meet the team and get excited about it. So yeah, video is really uh, is really important. So then the next step is indeed, of course, the actual execution of, of the campaign, which is, you know, again, imagine that you are on stage, uh, you know, every day. And so you you want to engage your audience. You want to get them excited about, about your company. And, and, and as I said, throughout the campaign, talk about different aspects and themes around your company, your products, and perhaps also updates. You know, it's always great if you have exciting developments during your campaign that you can share. And so so that's really during during a campaign to engage your audience. There are always investors that watch a video and read through the investment opportunity and decide, like their early adapters decide and jump in. And you always have 
a significant group of investors that sort of starts following you and sort of you got to get them more excited and then they jump in and they invest, right? And we FrontFunner helps with that process. So we enable companies to post updates, to reach out to people that are following their campaign. So so that's really, it's about taking investors through this process and some will write inv- invest right away. Some will sort of invest during the process. And of course, during closing, and this is really important, closing, you see usually also a sort of a, you know, increased uh, uh, traction and those investors that decide last minute, like I want to get in and sort of perhaps have a FOMO effect. effect. Certainly, if, certainly if the race is doing well and overfunding, like, hey, I don't want to miss out on this. So, so that's really during the debate. And then post-campaign, this is also important to understand and ties into the fact that raising capital through investment crowdfunding, through, you know, through, through our platform means that it's a combined funding and marketing exercise. So you're creating, as you mentioned earlier, you're creating, you're building this community and you want to obviously keep your community excited about it. So post-raise is important to regularly follow up with your investors, send them updates. We, we recommend at least quarterly communicate with your investors. Not hearing from you at all is always a bad thing. Like, hey, what's happening? I get concerned. And you regularly update them and tell them what's going on. And, and so that, that keeps them excited. And, and they continue to also work for you to promote your products and services. Hey, look, I'm, you know, I'm a shareholder's company. Check out this product. And so it's really post-raise as well, where, where companies can benefit the fact that, that they have raised capital from a significant community. I love the fact that you mentioned updates both during and after, because it's one of the easiest things that a hardware company can do. Keep in mind that while you're raising funding, you're also building your hardware business. You might be doing product design updates or tweaking prototypes, breaking things, fixing things, setting up enhanced production, setting up new partners, influencers. I mean, there's a zillion things you might be doing in the background. One of the easiest things you can be doing is just taking those wins and doing a quick update online. And I imagine through pretty much any of the platforms that I've seen, there's entire systems built just to be able to very quickly and easily give those updates and send those to the community. Totally. And we indeed, we've and we've offered, we build the same through through the front funder platform. We make it very easy for, <clears throat> for, for capital raisers to communicate with their investor base and send out updates through our platform. And, you know, and everything I'm saying here is, is is uh, is what we as front funder ourselves have experienced as well because we sort of we walk the talk we've been you know drinking our own whiskey if you like and we raised our comp our platform multiple times ourselves for front funder because ultimately we are you know scale up company now uh, that raised through investment crowdfunding and so what is really exciting to see and is to with my investor community and I now have close to thousand investors. That you know, I check in with them at least quarterly, uh, often in between as well, uh, with certain updates or developments, and and it's 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 engaging. I have shareholders that reach out to me uh, or to my team and say, hey, you know, I got this company, uh, maybe that fits on on uh, FundFunder, or you know, I'd like to introduce this to to a new group of investors in my network, and so so it demonstrates really the power of having a community that have literally a vested interest in your company because every time they send a company to you, they're doing themselves a favor as well because after all, they're a co-owner in your company. And that communication that you touch on can bring into something very powerful, which we talk about as well a lot on the show, especially as hardware companies are scaling and that's feedback. So now you've got hundreds or potentially thousands of vested financially interested people in your product. If you keep that communication going, it's going to be a two-way street. As you start to send out updates, you may get very pertinent and relevant information sent back to you 
that could help you in all sorts of things, which is why I'm also a firm believer that even if the update isn't necessarily a good update, if you relay this information to your group, first of all, you'll build a lot of trust with them. Second of all, they'll understand the delay that's happening because you came out in front of it as opposed to making excuses coming out behind it. And then finally, you may have somebody in that group that says, I know how to solve that pain point for you. Or here's a connection that might be able to help you with that. All of that was just done by doing simple and regular updates. Totally. You bring up a really important point is that it's great if you have always success stories to to, to share around your company. We all know that they're not always all success. They're always challenges. And if you share those as well, and for the reasons you indicated, and one of the key ones you mentioned is you create a lot of trust with that. You know, it's not like I only hear from them when things are going well. I also hear when there are challenges. And that gives me, that creates trust and confidence, right? Like, okay, so sure, there are trainers as well. And, and to your point, perhaps you have people in your investor community that may be able to, to help with that as well. So it's definitely an important point. So let's talk about the last one now, and that's reach by using a platform to extend the reach as far as possible with that public opening of your equity financing. Yeah. So it's literally an opportunity to reach out to the public. That That is really the exciting developments we see. An opportunity in the market is that we already see, of course, the how the public markets, so investing in public companies and trading in public companies has become available to the public now through you know online brokerage platforms and all that. So what we're doing with, with FrontFunner is saying, hey, you know, you can also do that for investments in the private markets or you know in private companies. And so for, for companies, that means that if you have a platform where you can literally reach out to any member of the public and you can bring them on board as an investor, it's extremely powerful because again for the for the entrepreneur it's it means access to an entire new pool, pool of capital. But for an investor it's and that's this is where we often speak about you know the democratization of investing in startups. Like you know why is it traditionally that startups are sort of identified by traditional investors like angels or VCs or other privileged investors that have access to these deals. And then when those companies do really well and they go public, if they haven't been sort of acquired along the way, then finally the public can invest. But we all know that in the meantime, all the hockey stick growth has been realized previously and ends up in the pockets of these early stage investors. So what we're saying is, why don't we bring the public that actually many of them also help build these companies as customers, perhaps, you know, why don't we bring those to the table from the very from the very beginning and enable them to share in a potential upside as well? And so so that is indeed it, it's for it's it's really reaching out to that to the public without limits, basically. And because the minimum investments are typically low, you know, as low as $250, it also becomes way more accessible, of course, to the wider investor community. And what are some of the best ways that you have seen to amplify that network, reaching out to existing customers or putting out ad campaigns? Or what, what have you seen that's really worked to drive that engagement to the platform? Yeah, so it's usually a combination, of course, of activities, right? So you already mentioned one is for companies that that have a, a companies that have a community and engagement. Companies to first think, of course, what does my community look like? Or who can I reach reach out to that's already familiar with our company and indeed perhaps already a customer? Companies that have no community or at all and no footprint and social media or anything it's it's it they have to it's not impossible but you have to be aware that it will have to build that right that, that that takes time we can help with that but we but but we have to do, really do that sort of together secondly um what works really well is is to be very uh, clear in you know what are the key messages around your company your product and and that you want to 
bring forward, right? So, so to, to, to define those well, and then choose the, the media to do that. And, and again, it's a combination of, you know, um, uh, social, social media, um, organize events for prospective investors. We, we help our capital raisers with that. So we, we organize our uh, monthly pitch perfect events, and then we bring companies that raise on front from on there. And so that's, that's, that's another uh, opportunity to, to talk about their, their company and their, their products and their capital raise. Uh, identify, you know, people that are, let's say, influencers, you know, that that have a community in it in it themselves, you know, to work those individuals uh, that perhaps are already investor in the company or, or a customer, or but but also have a significant uh, community to reach out to. That's that certainly works works well as well. So again, it's a combination of these different activities. But what is most important, Kevin, is to to throughout the campaign to be visible, to be present, to to and again, that's important because there's. Not only important because you want to reach a new community of people, but also because typically people sort of say, hey, this is interesting. I'm going to start following that. And then they hear more about you and then they they get a better understanding. And then you help them to basically make an investment decision. Sounds like it's a bit of a snowball effect. The more you do, the more that these compounding interrelated variables start to help each other. And then the campaign starts to grow and let's call it somewhat go viral. Totally. Go viral, yeah. I mean, that's that's obviously the best. Like you, you, you indeed because you know you got traction with investors, and they and you encourage them to share it in their networks, and then you get that snowball. Well, that is a lot of information jam packed in there, Peter Paul. How do folks find out more about Front Funder for those listening in? And of course, as always, I'll put all the links within the show notes below. But uh, for those on audio only, uh, Peter Paul, if you can just shoot that uh, across for everybody. Great. Absolutely. Well, the easiest to get in touch with us is obviously to go to our website and that's uh, frontfunder.com. So frontfunder.dr. So without the E, frontfunder.com. And both for capital raisers, you'll find there how it works and, and, and learn more about whether it's suitable for your company. And of course, for investors, it's easy uh, sign up with name and email. You can start basically exploring uh, opportunities. And of course, we're present on the social media channels as well. Peter Paul, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Much appreciated for all your words of wisdom. Thanks again. Take care. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Product Startup Podcast, the show that teaches you what it really takes to bring your product to market and turn it into a big success. This podcast series is brought to you by Maco Design and Invent, the original and leading firm in North America to provide global caliber end-to-end physical consumer product development to startups, inventors, and small product business clients. If you're looking for product development help on your invention, head over to to macodesign.com. That's M-A-K-O design.com for a free consultation from one of Maco Design's four design studios from coast to coast. Thanks for listening and see you next time.